Right wall fans, that's right. Welcome to another, as always, exciting edition of Go Tell Us the Wall podcast. I am, as always, the one and only Sean O'Rourke coming at you with episode 37. That's right, episode 37 of Go Tell Us the Wall podcast. Uh, for those of you that only listen to the audio of the podcast itself, you won't even notice a difference. However, if you are someone watching on the live feed or that watches on YouTube, really, even if it's at a later date, if it's at a later date, it doesn't matter, but... It's Wednesday night. That's right. Usually, we are recording Go Tells the Wall podcast on Thursday night, but because it is Thanksgiving this week, we are going on Wednesday night, recording with the full live feed on Facebook. It is on Facebook as we speak. I don't know why I continue to say that to those of you that only listen to the audio, because if you only listen to the audio, that doesn't matter that we're live right now on Facebook, because you're listening to it after the fact. That's right. Many, many years in broadcasting, and I still can't get things straight. You know, it could be, and I'm going to warn everyone right now, we're going off the rails so quick this week, so, so, so quick. You know why? Because the one thing I'm not allowed to do that some people like when I do, but I don't allow myself to do it, is have an extra beer before the show, and you know what? It's Thanksgiving week, so I did that this week. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. No. We've already had too much beer. We've already had too much beer. On that note, uh, let's get into some things. So, to kick off the show, happy Thanksgiving to all of you uh, to top, at the top of the show, I'm going to say right now, one of the things I am extremely thankful for is for all of you that listen out there, all of you out there that support, all of you that have done everything you can to get the word out about Go Tell It to the Wall podcast and also Sean O'Rourke Live, the YouTube channel, and all that good stuff, everything kind of under the Go Tell It to the Wall umbrella. So I am extremely thankful to all of you, and happy Thanksgiving uh, to those of you listening. If you are listening in the U.S., if you're listening outside of the U.S., Thanksgiving means nothing to you, nothing. No, maybe it means something. I don't know. But Thanksgiving is, in a, is a United States holiday uh, that we celebrate. We celebrate when a bunch of pilgrims came over and gave diseases to a bunch of uh, indigenous people. Yeah. So, no, no, no. That's the only thing I'm going to say on that. I'm teasing. I enjoy Thanksgiving very much. All right. Social plugs. Social plugs. That's right. You can find us in, in many, many different places. One of those would be Facebook at facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. You can also find us, follow us on Twitter at, that's right, at that weird little at sign, at tell the wall pod or at magic muppet. That's right, magic muppet is my own personal Twitter account, which as I always say, sees a little more action just because that's the way things are. Also search YouTube, just search go tell to the wall and you will see our YouTube channel up there with all of the awesome videos, all of the live feed videos and the teaser videos and all that good stuff. You can find all that on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Subscribing is helpful to everyone. It's going to help you keep in touch with us and it's going to help us as we're moving things along here and growing go tell the wall podcast so make sure you are also subscribing and as mentioned on the last episode and as launched literally during the last episode sean o'rourke live check it out when you have some time uh, it's actually already getting tons of traction i it, it's crazy two days after it was launched i'm looking at numbers for the podcast and everything was like through the roof i don't want to say through the roof i'm exaggerating a little bit there was a a market increase in the numbers and the traffic going to the podcast so thank you all of you who have checked out Sean O'Rourke Live and if you haven't already checked it out head on over there SeanO'RourkeLive.com uh, that's going to be kind of your central location for all of those social uh, social mediums that I just mentioned as well as the Patreon page I do want to give a warning on the Patreon page uh, we had some problems with the link this morning it has since been fixed uh, but we're also working to populate everything else to the Patreon page so if you're looking to be a patron uh, thank you to Chris and Bridget who were our first two official patrons uh, we're getting it fixed Go on there, put your name down, and we'll, we'll get everything straightened out, and, and, and it's in the works. It's just, it's very finicky, and it, it's difficult trying to get everything kind of streamlined on that side. It's essentially another another platform that I have now added to uh, to the podcast and, and to the overarching Go Tell It to the Wall uh, empire, if you will, <laughs> that I now have to continually update. Not on a daily basis, but minimum weekly, so... Uh, I'm just you're just adding to my workload. That, that's really what I'm doing here, but I'm doing it all for the good of all of you out there, for all of the Wall fans, and to continue to grow this brand. Uh, because, like I said, we're, it's out there. We're getting such good feedback. It's just a matter of getting it more and more and more and more and more out there. So thank you to all of you who have done that. Uh, one thing I'm putting at the top of the show because I have neglected to do this the past couple weeks, and that would be the update on our little friend Alec Rosenberg. That's right, Alec Rosenberg, who 
If you've been following the podcast, know that he went in for a, a spinal surgery. He has CP, and he was looking to get his legs fixed in St. Louis. They they live in New York, him and his, his uh, mother and father, Amy and John Rosenberg, uh, along with his other two siblings. And the surgery was an absolute success. They did very well. Everything came out perfectly. He started his rehab in St. Louis, and he is now currently in upstate New York, continuing his rehab and essentially learning how to walk again. So that is completely like on me I, it's been in my notes and the funny thing is i get updates because i'm friends with john and I'm friends with with uh with alex's mother amy uh, so i get updates on these things and i've just been forgetting to update all of you so there you go alec is doing extremely well and we'll tell you a funny story that i'm stealing from john and amy alec is one one of a set of twins and his twin brother doesn't have cp and and you know yeah really when you meet alec you it would take you a few minutes to realize uh, however, a lot of the nurses at the hospital where he was doing his rehab and starting his physical therapy didn't realize that he was a twin. So his identical twin brother comes running out of his hospital room one night when he, when him, he and his sister were in there visiting Alec, and all the nurses literally thought it was a complete miracle, which is kind of ridiculous, but also kind of funny at the same time. Um, so I found that amusing. But clearly, uh, Alec who is a miracle overall and the way he's handling everything um, still has a little ways to go on his physical therapy. So continue sending your, your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. You know, if, if you're into praying, do that. Um, but really just all of your good vibes and everything you can, any kind of positive thinking Alex way, uh, because he is continuing his physical therapy process, but he is doing very, very well. And we will continue to update everyone a as we move along. Um, as you know, as, as I get updates on him and everything else. And one more thing for the opening, and that's this Thanksgiving poll that I found. Uh, it came out from the Associated Press. And this is just a warning and also a sympathetic uh, voice to all of you. And I will tell you right now, according to a poll by the Associated Press, one in three Americans dreads political talk at Thanksgiving. That's right. Dreads political talk at Thanksgiving. I will tell you I have friends and relatives who dread political, who were dreading political thought, uh, talks around the holidays prior to November of 2016. So I can only imagine how how much crazier that has gotten. Um, so just know you're not alone. You're not alone. And the, the way I look at it is, is the best thing to do when you're around family for the holidays and this kind of stuff, you don't want to get into disagreements and everything else. Just leave the politics to the side. I know that's really difficult. This podcast started out as a podcast that was not going to be political, but then because of the common sense theme, we had to maybe get a little political. I still don't think we're political. We just use common sense to debunk things like everything the Orange Menace does and stands for. All right, let's move on to some social here. Social, 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 social media. This means social media. Yeah, you know, all right. Uh, so, and this is the stuff I find that's amusing, you know, what's going on in social media. So some of this is amusing, some of this is irritating, whatever else it might be. Man, that extra beer before the show. It's, oh, okay. Here we go. So one of the one of the things I've been thoroughly enjoying right now uh, would be one of the trending hashtags on Twitter and everywhere else, and that would be hashtag worst first date. That's right. I like to give these out to everyone because I, I, I it, honestly, I don't find myself scrolling through social media as much as many other people do. My wife is constantly, I don't want to say constantly, but like to kill time, she's scrolling through social media, and I just don't do that. But when I find something funny like this, then I tend to get kind of sucked in because I'm looking at all the funny stories. And that would be, as I said, hashtag worst first date. So people are sharing their worst first dates on social media with that hashtag worst first date. And I want to share uh, the top one right now that I've found. Uh, and this is from someone named Tracy. I'm not even going to give her Twitter handle, uh, but her name's Tracy. Uh, and she says, he showed up an hour late, drove through McDonald's, said, you want anything? Then parked at a zoo and said, I've got a condom. Hashtag worst first date. Uh, and I'll be honest, that might be taking the crown. That might, I mean, because there are worst first dates, you know, where a guy's a total creep and everything else. I'm, I'm not trying to get into that. But when you're talking like on the line of humor and just ridiculousness, that one probably gets there. Um, and there's all kinds of fun ones on here. If you just search uh, uh, hashtag worst first date, uh, You'll find all kinds of uh, all kinds of awesome things. Um, <laughs> I mean, one of the other ones is, uh, and this is from someone named Ruth. Uh, he took me, a female, to a gay club, got drunk, came out of the closet, met a guy, and gave me forty dollars to catch a taxi home. Uh, now, good on you, dude, for coming out of the closet. Maybe don't bring a date to then come out of the closet. Now, I'm sure he wasn't planning on coming out of the closet, but that is pretty ridiculously funny as well. So check these out. 
when you're bored, when you need to kill some time on Twitter, on all the social platforms. And I want to share one with you, which goes nowhere near this this point of worst first dates. And I'm not even going to get into details, but years ago when I was single, that was before I met my wife, uh, I was I'd, someone I'd met uh, out at a social gathering. Um, wasn't even not even a friend of a friend, I just random person I met. And I'd schedule a date going up to Woodland Hills uh, to a restaurant up there in Woodland Hills uh, just on a random Friday. I'm like, okay, you know, we seem to get along. I go up there and we go to the bar and we're having drinks. Uh, and it's funny because like I could tell five minutes into having drinks like this is this is not going to go well. And she's sitting there talking about, how, you know, all the stuff she does and and how basically talking about how cool she is, you know, and then we get our table and I go to sit down at the table. I'm sitting there for a few minutes. I'm going, this is this is a waste of time. And I'm going to have to sit here, sit through an entire dinner uh, with this woman. <laughs> so I used it. I used a little trick. And I went to the restroom. And I came back, and I came back on the phone. And I pretended like I was talking to my roommate, my roommate at the time. And I got off the phone. I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. We had a, we had a pipe burst at the house. And I got to get home uh, to help with the cleanup on this leak. She goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll call you, whatever, you know, we'll do this another time. There was no burst pipe, obviously. This date was so bad. And I'm, like I said, I'm not getting into details. This date was so bad. You know what I did is I went home on a Friday night, single, on a Friday night, left a date, and I went home and I painted my bathroom on a Friday night. I went home, cracked a couple beers, and painted my bathroom because painting my bathroom on a Friday night was more enjoyable than hanging out with this woman on a Friday night. So, not up there with worst dates ever. However, just know that it was so bad that I went and inhaled paint fumes on a Friday night because that was better than spending time with this particular young lady that I'd met. Uh, I never spoke to her again. Never spoke to her again. I just... Sometimes you just know. That's the thing, you know? Sometimes, like, <laughs> this, this ain't working. I do it with friends, too. It's like... Oh yeah, yeah. We'll hang out for a while. Meet someone at a party, and like, and you realize like ten minutes, like, okay, yeah, dude, we're not, we ain't gonna hang out. We're not gonna hang out. You know, we're not. We don't. You know, that's cool. You're a cool person. We ain't gonna hang out. All right, I want to get a little serious here for a few minutes. Not really fully serious, but I do want to talk about this because I've talked about this on the podcast previously, and I've talked about uh, parents and especially fathers kind of utilizing their children for for clicks and YouTube fame and all this other stuff. Well, there's a YouTube channel that was fairly popular called Toy Freaks, and this was a single dad and his two daughters. Uh, his two daughters looked to be under 10, maybe like 7 and 9, somewhere around there. I didn't, I didn't even want to get into full details because really this shouldn't have been happening in the first place. Well, what happened was uh, YouTube updated their 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 standards or what do you, what the hell do you Bridget's not Bridget is sick tonight. Uh, so I don't know that we're going to have Bridget for this and with the rescheduling and everything else. Uh, but Bridget would be able to pull that one up for me. Uh, but like I said, he had created and they, they, they changed their, they updated their, uh, ah, user agreement. That's the freaking word I'm looking for. That's that thing. Every, any, anytime you do something on the internet, they're trying to, yeah, user agreement. They're updated their user agreement and, and basically caught up with this guy uh, and they made him remove, they removed a bunch of his videos. He actually has 8.53 million subscribers and was among the top 100 most views cha viewed channels on YouTube, which is fine. Uh, but he was constantly doing pranks, playing pranks on his daughters. In fact, there was pranks where he would walk into the bathroom while they were showering or bathing and throw a frog in there and thought it was hilarious. There was another video he did where his daughters were acting like they were babies, acting like they were babies. Uh, to the point where they were spitting up all over the place. They're crawling around on the ground, spitting up, like fake spit up, obviously. And here's what, which, okay, ridiculousness. You shouldn't be using your children like that. Uh, his his daughters were actually peeing in their clothes because they're acting like newborn babies. And he was posting all of this on YouTube, posting all of it on YouTube because he thought it was funny and it was getting him clicks. Well, you know what, wall fans? That's fucking child abuse. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're thinking. That's child abuse. That is child abuse. What you're doing with your daughters is absolutely child abuse. And I hope social services gets called in on this because this guy is utilizing and using his daughters in order to get clicks, to get fame, to get YouTube notoriety. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to tell you right now, wall fans, 
and this isn't even me by being biased. I've heard this from many other people. I have one of the cutest daughters on the face of the earth. I do. I, it's just it's just a fact. People will be walking down the street and they stop and they freak out with how cute she is. You know what? I don't put her on any of these videos. She's been on a little teaser video because she's cute, but I'm not I'm not using her for anything. I'm not you not you know like like the dads that are that are punishing their kids, you know, and putting it on YouTube, and then their kids are going to see this 10 years from now and be incredibly embarrassed when they're in high school and all their friends are seeing it and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not doing that with my daughter. To the point where people have literally asked me, well, why don't you put her in print ads and in commercials? No, because that's not for my daughter. I want my daughter to be a kid. I want my daughter to be a baby. I want her to be a toddler. I want her to grow up normal. I'm not saying you're not growing up normal if you're doing those things, but how it's just not for me. I don't need to build anything off of my daughter's cuteness. Or, that being said, especially off their embarrassment. So, and I'm looking for this guy's name. I'm trying to remember his, his name because he's a terrible, terrible, terrible individual. Uh, and we just want nothing to do with him. The good thing is he he actually uh, did take down all of his other videos because he probably realized he was a moron uh, and a child abuser. Uh, and, and basically has just disappeared from YouTube. And what we as wall fans need to do and go tell it to the wall podcast and the go tell it to the wall family need to do is make sure that people like this aren't getting notoriety on social media, on YouTube or any of those places, because this is a terrible individual and I don't want to see stuff like that on social media. So if you see something, say something, wall fans, that's the old adage. That's it's so cliche and y'all seen that in offices and everything else. But you know what? It's true. See something, say something. You see a jackass like this. Using his kids, abusing his kids, and putting it on YouTube, you report it, wall fans. That's what we do here at Go Tell It to the Wall, is we use common sense. Common freaking sense. That's right. Moving on, because that one's making me too bad and too mad, and like I've said, uh, I've had too many beers tonight. Too many beers. So we're going off the rails. We're already getting close there. Another thing I want to talk about in the social media realm, and the reason I'm talking about this in the social media realm is really I don't want to get into this too much because this is something that could be unpacked for an entire episode. And that would be something that you may have seen floating around social media called net neutrality. Hashtag net neutrality. This is something that's been threatened for years. For years. In fact, my good friends in San Diego that had a podcast years ago, uh, they were constantly talking about it because it was something that was on the horizon. We're finally hitting that point. Again, I'm not going to get into details with all of you. If you use the internet, if you listen to this podcast and you use the internet, you should be concerned about net neutrality 100%. There's no reason you shouldn't be concerned about net neutrality. Think about this. Think about this. Everyone needs to understand this. Be, this is ridiculous because you could end up, and I'm not, like I said, I don't want to even want to get into details because we could unpack this for an entire episode. You could be paying individual a la carte for individual sites if they eliminate net neutrality. And I will tell all of you out there, wall fans and social media world right now, if you don't think we're heading to what Handmaid's Tale has in their show, you're stupid. Because everything that's happening right now with the Orange Menace in office and all of these laws that they're passing and these tax increases making the rich richer, we are heading toward Handmaid's Tale. We are going there. And if you haven't seen Handmaid's Tale and you don't realize, you don't think that we're not in a bad place here as a country, and really as the world, go watch Handmaid's Tale. And also understand what the hell net neutrality is and why that is important to not only the internet, not only websites and businesses, but honestly, to our way of life. We have intertwined our lives completely with social media and with the internet. And they're going to take that away. That's what's going to happen. If you don't believe me, go look up what, what the internet looks like in Portugal. Go look it up. Go look it up, wall fans. And have nightmares like I've been having for the past few nights. All right, moving on here. Moving on. I think we're scaring people off the live feed. It's kind of going back and forth. Let's get into the beer this week. All right, we got a special one, and as I mentioned, I've had too many of these tonight. All right, let's see how we've, we even get through the whole podcast without me just kind of falling asleep on the studio desk here. Uh, but this week, I'm enjoying a nice brew from Magic Hat Brewing Company. That's right, Magic Hat Brewing Company. This is a nice little craft brewery out of Vermont. Shout out to Legal Bear. Uh, that's right, out of Vermont, out of New England. I guess you could, I think Vermont's part of New England. Let's see. I love New England. I just didn't grow up there. Uh, so, and this one would be the number nine, and I'm calling it number nine. Millennials would probably call this hashtag nine, but it's the number nine. Uh, number nine ale with natural flavor. I'll tell you right now, I'm not a huge fan. It's good. I would try more Magic Hats, Hat beers. If you like fruit in your beer, 
you will like this one. It's not super fruity. It's not like a shandy or anything, but it's definitely got a little fruit fruity hintiness in there. In fact, I gave my wife a sip of one before I came into the studio, and she was like, ooh, I like that. Uh, and she's not a pale ale drinker. She'll drink regular beer, but she's not a pale ale drinker, and this one, it's pale ale with a little bit of fruit in it. So if you're into that kind of thing, check out Magic Hat Brewing Company, uh, not quite pale ale number nine. I don't know. It's good. It's it, it's okay. It does the job. I'm a little too buzzed to be recording this thing right now, but it does the job. Okay. Uh, and again, shout out to, to Legal Bear, uh, beer from Vermont. We're trying to mix it up a little bit. I have so many Southern California, Northern California beers that come to, you know, just California beers. and Southern California, Northern California, Central California. California. <laughs> I know, you know. Uh, and oh, there's Bridget. Bridget just jumped on. She's going to catch up here in a minute. Uh, but we've had so many California beers that I've been eager to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm still waiting for that beer shipment from Alabama. Should be coming here any day now. Um, but we're trying to mix it up a little bit. So a little beer from the Northeast. That's the best way to do it. Um, and, of course, it's doing its job. It's just not my favorite flavor of the beers that I've had. This isn't as bad as that one, like, weird beer that we had. Oh, God. There was one bad that I... Bridget, don't be sorry. Bridget, you don't have to be sorry. Uh, Bridget's a little late joining. I know you're you're very sick uh, this week as well, so thank you for joining, Bridget. Um, but you never have to be sorry for not joining. You have two kids at home. I have, tr- I have trouble getting into the studio, and I have one kid at home. Come on. You don't need to... Don't ever be sorry for uh, for not being on time or not joining. Uh, especially because I don't pay you. In fact, it's the opposite because now Bridget pays me because Bridget is officially a patron uh, and Bridget does all of this work for free. She has our honor producer for free uh, because she believes in the podcast and she believes in, in kind of what we do and all the common sense and having passion and all that good stuff. So don't be sorry, Bridget. Thank you for joining. As always, thank you for joining. I'm sure Chris will be jumping on there shortly. All right, let's move on to some TV, film, and books. We got a little tangented there. A little tangented on the beer. It happens. I told you, we're going like we're already off the rails. We're just continuing to go off the rails some more. Uh, but TV, film, books. TV, film, and books. I do have a little bit of clarification. And how, how long can I make that word? Clarification. Uh, so a little story came out about Justice League and Rotten Tomatoes. We talked on episode 36 about Rotten Tomatoes and how they were holding back on their reviews of Justice League. And the rumors, and really what was kind of accepted, was because Warner Brothers owns 30% of Rotten Tomatoes that they had somehow delayed those reviews from coming out, which made sense, made absolute complete sense. Well, another story came out this week. And what had happened was Rotten Tomatoes had have launched this new show. Now it's a it's a web show uh, where weekly on Thursdays they do an entire show revolving around a particular movie, and then they release the reviews as they're talking about it after the show's over. So what happened was Justice League was their movie for last Thursday's show. Coincidentally, they record on Thursday. Well, they release the show. I don't know when they're recording, but hey, hey, Thursdays. Something good about Thursdays. S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. Uh, on that note, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, AJ Calabrese, and a friend of his have launched a new podcast. Uh, I've only had time to listen to a few minutes of it, but if you are a big podcast listener, uh, I'm not sure. I'll find out from him. We'll talk about it more. They are on YouTube, but look up Dad Fiction on YouTube. Uh, anyway, back to Justice League. What happened was because that show, they had Justice League for that show last week, that was actually the reasoning for the reviews not coming out because they hold the reviews until the show actually airs, till the show goes up. Completely understand that. Like, I, I actually totally get that. It's unfortunate that they couldn't get out ahead of this and explain that last week because what happened was I think this negatively affected Justice League. I think I don't think it needed any help to be negatively affected because it, it sounds to me like that thing's a piece of junk. Uh, Justice League, it is not doing well, not doing well. Uh, in fact, to the point that they're poised to lose about $100 million on the film. Yeah, that's not chump change. That is not chump change, uh, especially when you're not Disney, who Disney can just lose $100 million on a film and, and put out another piece of junk that makes them $200 billion, uh, you know. Warner Warner doesn't quite have that luxury. Universal did a couple years ago, but really no one else has that luxury. Um, so so I, I do feel like I need to backtrack a little bit on getting on Rotten Tomatoes. However, you know what? Rotten Tomatoes, Warner Bros., get out ahead of this stuff. Like, explain this stuff. Explain this. Information moves at the speed of light these days, you know? Explain this. That's all it is. It's knowledge. Let's just give us drop some knowledge on us, you know? Warner Brothers, Rotten Tomatoes, just drop, drop a little knowledge. Uh, we'll see, because Justice, it's still a terrible movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes didn't kill it. It's just a terrible movie in general, uh, from what I hear. I won't be paying to see it. Uh, for God's sake, I'm not even going to see Star Wars, so why would I be going to see Justice League? 
uh, especially when I'm telling you, Jason Momoa, just give it a minute. Uh, I was wrong last week when I said he'd be the next one uh, because the next one to come out on sexual harassment charges, which I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I spent many years at Dis- the Walt Disney Company. I never experienced it myself, but this was kind of commonly known to people at Disney. So everyone that's like, oh, Disney's such a family-friendly company, all this other stuff. Yeah, a bunch of those executives knew that John Lasseter was a skeevy son of a bitch, and they let him continue to go, why? Why? Hmm. Why Why would they possibly do that? The founder of Pixar, why would Disney just, what would be their motivation to turn a blind eye to a creepy son of a bitch who is sexually harassing women in the workplace? Oh, could it be that Pixar makes them a lot of money? A lot of money. That makes sense. Think about that, Wall fans. For those of you out there, family-friendly company and all this other stuff. Yeah, you know what Disney's all about? Bottom line. Bottom line. Uh, and the interesting thing is, so John Lasseter, again, if you're not familiar with him, he's one of the founders of Pixar, uh, and he's one of the heads of Pixar, you know, under Disney, once Disney officially purchased Pixar a few years ago. He has taken a leave of absence from Pixar, uh, and as I mentioned, this is a big one, and I'm going to tell you right now, at, 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 at that particular studio, not Pixar, but Walt Disney Studios, uh, that would be the first domino. Give it some time. Give it some time, because we are going to get some more dominoes on that one. Uh, and the interesting thing that I thought about, because when all this stuff with Harvey Weinstein came down, they started removing his name from credits on television shows and on films and everything else. I'm really curious to see if that happens with John Lasseter, because he's got a lot of credits out there. A lot of big, big films. In fact, I think he has an Oscar uh, from Toy Story or one of those Pixar's. Not positive. Nobody quote me on that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they're going to handle that one. Because that one's even bigger than... Harvey Weinstein, because Harvey Weinstein kind of founded Miramax and all that, but we all knew he was a creep, you know? Not everyone knew John Lasseter was a creep, and we're talking kids' movies here. We're not talking Pulp Fiction. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen there. On that same note of the mouse, and the mouse says, ho ho, bottom line, ho ho, bottom line, ho ho, profits, ho ho, ho ho, shareholders, ho ho. It's actually, that's actually what it sounds like in shareholder meetings at the Walt Disney Company. Now I'm going to get angry emails about that. For the two people that believed that's actually what, no, it doesn't. It's, it's Bob standing up there talking to people. But on that note of greedy companies masquerading as family-friendly companies that care about their employees, we're looking at another huge round of layoffs from ESPN. Why do I bring that up? Because ESPN is owned by Disney. Why else do I bring that up? Because ESPN is looking to cut about $80 million in cost. $80 million in salaries and other costs. Story came out a month and a half ago that these layoffs were happening at the end of November. Well, the layoffs haven't happened yet. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. So happy holidays to those of you that work for ESPN as you get your pink slip sometime over the next week and a half. And Disney and your stupid mouse, stop pretending like you care about people. Stop pretending like you care about people because all you care about is your goddamn money. That's all you care about. Let's, let's be realistic. Um, and I would honestly respect them more if they would just admit that, that they're laying off a bunch of people to save money, make their shareholders more money, and move a bunch of millennials into these positions of sportscasters and, and other things that have been around for some time. Well, not on ESPN itself, but some of them have been around longer than I have been alive. Uh, but, you know, let's get, some, let's get someone in there from Barstool Sports. You know, with a beard and an attitude and and a, and, a, and 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 a love of craft beers. Oh shit, shit. <laughs> is that what we do here on the show? No, no, it is not. Uh, I am very far from millennial. I have trouble even getting a live feed onto Facebook. So it's be hard to call me a millennial at that point. All right, let's move along here. Let's move along to a little bit of music. I don't have much music this week. Um, oh my gosh, I have missed one. No, we're going back because I got to tell you right now, I'm missing one. We're getting on to music in a second, but back to TV, film, and books. Uh, I had this vision in my head the other day. We talked about Terry Crews last week and how awesome he is. And I had, if you've seen Step Brothers, there's a scene in Step Brothers with Will Ferrell, and, and I'm blanking on his name. Um, help me out there, Bridget. Uh, blanking on the other guy's name. John C. Riley just came to be John C. Riley, uh, and they're stepbrothers. They're adult stepbrothers. If you haven't seen it, um, yeah, Kevin. I don't know. I I might be able to get behind the Zennials, the Zennials label. But remember, in the '80s, they had this term Generation Y. I don't know what happened to Generation Y. At the end of the day, it, 
generations don't matter. I, I it's tough for me to, to to call myself a millennial simply because I didn't like I didn't grow up with computers. Millennials to me grew up with computers. Um, anyway, so Terry Crews. If if you haven't seen Step Brothers, check it out. It's a funny movie. It is a funny. It's not like a, a, an amazing cinematic movie, but it's it it's funny. Watch it at home. It's probably on Netflix. Uh, and there's a scene in that where John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, uh, they hate each other for a while, and then they realize that they have these things in common, and they look at each other, and they go, one of them goes, did we just become best friends? And the other one goes, yep. And I had this vision over the past week of, of me, like, running into Terry Crews, and not that I'm actually going to run into him, and just running, like, running into him somewhere on the street and being like, did you just become my favorite actor? And he just goes, Yep. <laughs> And, like, that is what's happening with Terry Crews. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, so we talked about Terry Crews and how he uh, came out and talked about how he was sexually harassed many months ago. Uh, and then we talked about the debit card situation where the young lady was trying to get a debit card. Well, over the past week, what has happened was the unbelievably ridiculous Russell Simmons. If you're not familiar with Russell Simmons, I'm not even going to explain Russell Simmons to you. I'm not. You know what? If you're curious about him, look him up. However, he's a real son of a bitch. And what happened was Russell Simmons decided to come out and tell Terry Crews that sometimes you just need to let it go. Let it go. What was that? Been listening to too much music with my daughter lately. Uh, just let it go. Just let it go. Called out Terry Crews on social media and said, you just got to let some of these go. Well, Russell Simmons, I don't know how many people you have sexually harassed. I don't know how many, pe how many people you have sexually assaulted, but it's not cool. And you know what? As Terry Crews so eloquently put it on social media, no one gets a pass. No one gets a pass. So, Terry Crews, uh, you're basically my favorite actor now. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, fantastic show. Everybody Hates Chris is on Netflix. Uh, Hector Camacho on Idiocracy. If any of you out there listening have not seen Idiocracy, um, go watch it. I'm sure it's on Netflix. Uh, and, and just keep in mind, it's not a documentary yet. Yet being the key word. All right, let's move on to some music. Man, too much beer this week. Oh, and Bridget, uh, you're behind, and, and I just saw Chris joined. Um, I had too many beers before the show. So if you haven't no if you haven't noticed, we we've been off the rails a little bit. I think I think it's still I think it's still working. We'll see where we'll see where we go. I mean, I'm kind of on vacation. Like I don't get a vacation for my daughter. I'll still be working over the next couple days, but my wife doesn't have to go in the office. So I get a little more freedom kind of during the day to work on videos uh, and the podcast and everything else. All right, moving on to music. A couple things tonight. Uh, nothing serious. I mean, I'm nothing serious. It is a little serious. Uh, nothing astronomical or, or newsworthy, the stuff you've all heard of, uh, but we do have to recognize. Um, rest in peace, David Cassidy. Uh, he was part of the Partridge family. Uh, I'm not a fan personally. But I have huge respect for David Cassidy, uh, and especially having grown up in the limelight and, and kind of coming out on the other side of that. Uh, and <laughs> Bridget's excited because we're off the rails. Uh, and, and so rest in peace, David Cassidy. Uh, and I don't want to say more importantly, uh, because not more importantly, uh, more influentially to me and probably to many of you out there uh, would be rest in peace, Malcolm Young. If you're not familiar with the name Malcolm Young, he was one of the two founding members of ACDC and was also the original guitarist up until a couple years ago. Uh, he started suffering from dementia and had some other health problems and had to leave ACDC. Uh, he unfortunately passed away uh, this past Saturday on November 18th on my birthday, uh, unfortunately. And uh, so rest in peace, Malcolm Young. You, you've given us some ridiculous ballads, some ridiculous guitar riffs over the years. And thank you for founding ACDC. Uh, because if you don't at least have some respect for ACD, like I don't, you don't have to like, I understand how you couldn't like their music, but you, you, you got to respect what they do. I mean, they just, they're just tearing through kind of the rock industry for the past, what, 30 years. I mean, 30 years we're talking here. They've been around since the freaking eighties, maybe possibly seventies. I don't know. No one quote me on that, but at least since the eighties. Um, so rest in peace, Malcolm Young on another note, music note. The AMAs happened last Sunday. The I think that's the American Music Awards. Um, I really don't care. I didn't even know about it. The only reason I knew about it is because some, some people I used to work with were at the AMAs and, and had to post all about it on social media, uh, how they were at the AMAs. Because as we know, if it's not on Facebook, it didn't happen. Get the hell out of here. I don't even know what the hell the AMAs are. Although I think uh, Walt Van Darsen was watching, and I'm probably going to get some hate tweets from her. 
when she hears this. And on that note, I'm not giving Darshan a hard time for not being on the live feed tonight uh, because she has a good excuse. She's actually at a concert right now with her boyfriend and with some other mutual friends and probably some other people I don't know. And that concert happens to be a band called Guar. G-W-A-R. If you don't know who Guar is, go YouTube it. I'm not even going to describe it. Go YouTube it if you've never seen Guar. Uh, if you have seen Guar, uh, good luck to them. <laughs> I was joking with one of my friends that's going who's not even like a Guar metal fan. Uh, he, he's like, I just want to go see what's going on. I was like, all right, dude. Have fun, uh, which I probably would have done the same thing. I'd be curious to see, uh, but I'm sure it's a ridiculously crazy show. Again, if you're not familiar with Guar, YouTube them. Um, and I will tell you one thing. If you're not familiar with Guar, do YouTube them either way. But if you're not familiar with Guar and you've seen the, the film Empire Records, you are somewhat familiar with Guar because Guar is the band that's on the television when Mark starts hallucinating from the uh, the, the pot brownies. Yes. So you are probably a little bit familiar with Guar. Uh, I don't even want to do that. Where are we on the show? Yeah, I'm going to skip that one. Maybe save that for next week. Uh, so here's a funny one. We're getting a little bit of sports. I love this one. Like This one is just on another level of ridiculousness. This is right up there with Seattle, uh, the Seattle Mariners and their 10-cent beer night. Uh, so there's this bar in Wisconsin. So this is Green Bay Packer country. Uh, for those of you familiar with the NFL, and they have this promotion that they've been running for quite a while now. And I think they were actually even doing it prior to this season. And so what they do is they have a promotion. They've come into the bar. You drink free until the Green Bay Packers score. Now, the Green Bay Packers are a really good football team. They have a really good quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. Even if you're not a football fan or a sports fan, you probably know Aaron Rodgers from the State Farm commercials. He's the uh, discount double check guy. You've seen him. Really incredible quarterback. Arguably the best quarterback in the league. Well, because of that, it doesn't usually take the Packers that long to score. You know, they usually score some points probably first, second quarter. Well, a few weeks ago, Mr. Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and he's out for the rest of the season. So they are down to their backup quarterback, who, as of late, has not played that well. Well, this past Sunday, the Green Bay Packers got shut out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. I feel bad for this, the guy that owns this bar. They got shut out 23 to nothing. Which means this bar was pouring free beer for a good three hours. I don't know, Chris, you're on there. What, what, like, I know I know the, the runtime football game, but when we're talking like begin to end with commercials and halftime and everything, we're talking like three hours on an on a NFL game, maybe even more. Three hours this bar is giving out free beer. Uh, I'm hoping that they also called a lot of taxis because I would have been drunk as a skunk if I was in that bar because I would have just been like, whoa, it's free beer. More beer. More beer. Oh, more beer. Oh. Uh, so so everyone, maybe, uh, maybe we'll set up a GoFundMe for that bar if they're going out of business. The good thing is hopefully people stayed and then continued to buy drinks after the game. Man, that's a lot of free beer given away. All right. We're still on sports. I don't even know how to approach this. I've been thinking about this one for a few days now. And we talked about the Orange Menace and how he cares more about UCLA basketball players than he does about the island of Puerto Rico. Right? Well, he got helped. 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 I'm finger air quotes. Helped. Because who knows if he did. He doesn't have any proof that he actually helped. Helped get these kids out of China. Well, and he said, well, their, their father should thank me. Their father, LeVar Ball. Don't look him up. Do not give this guy more airtime. I hate him. I don't hate him. I don't hate uh, many people. I hate the Orange Menace. I, don't, I dislike him. I'm just over his, his windbaggedness. His windbaggedness and his ridiculousness and riding his son's coattails uh, to become famous and make money. So what happened was he went on CNN the other day because CNN was, they were like, why haven't you thanked the Orange Menace? Why haven't you thanked the Orange Menace? And we've gotten to the point where I'm agreeing with this windbag that I've been tired of listening to since the first minute of hearing him speak about a year ago. Over maybe, yeah, about a year ago when his son was at UCLA and I found out who the hell this guy was. Finding myself agreeing with this because of the orange menace. And he's on CNN saying, why should, like, why should I thank him? Here's what I really agreed with him on. He said, 
doesn't the president have other things to worry about? That's right, Orange Menace. Don't you have other things to worry about? Then some father in Chino Hills, California, not giving you a thank you? You know? Do I need to give thank yous in advance so you can help Puerto Rico out a little more? Uh, because I will, Orange Menace. Thank you, Orange Menace. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now go help fucking Puerto Rico instead of worrying about some dad giving you a thank you? Your ego is that bad? Thank you? And in fact, I want to look at this for a moment because I want to make sure all of the Wall fans understand this tweet that he put out. This was a two-tweet set, and I'm going to read it for you, Wall fans, if you haven't seen it. It wasn't the, and this is quote, quote, it wasn't the White House. It wasn't the State Department. It wasn't Father LeVar's so-called people on the ground in China that got his son out of a long-term prison sentence. In all caps, it was me! Too bad! Exclamation point. LeVar is a poor man's version of Don King, but without the hair. Just think, LeVar. You could have spent the next five to ten years during Thanksgiving with your son in China, but no NBA contract to support you. But remember, LeVar, shoplifting is not a little thing. It's a really big deal, especially in China. Ungrateful fool. This is the president of our country tweeting words like this. Tweeting words like this. The amazing thing is there's some people in this country that, thinks, that think this is okay. And this is why I can't sleep at night. This is a big reason why I can't sleep at night is shit like this. Shit like this. But please, Orange Menace, I'm glad you were able to take some time away from your golf outing to elicit a thank you from some father in Chino Hills, California. Uh, because clearly, you have nothing better to do. And if you think you have nothing better to do, here's something you can go go do. Help poor Rico. You know, Maybe do your effing job. Do your effing job. See, I avoided the F-bombs there. Uh, all right, one more thing in sports. I want to talk about this because I want to make sure everyone's kind of aware of this. And even if you're not a sports fan, you're probably familiar with something called the Heisman Trophy. This is the, the premier trophy and award given out to a college football player every year. They award this to the best college football player in the country. And I bring this up because they're, the front runner right now is the quarterback for the University of Oklahoma now. All of you Wall fans out there know that I dislike the University of Oklahoma very much so. But I still have respect for them. still have respect for their players. Uh, however, their player, Baker Mayfield, who is their quarterback. Let me give you a little background on him. When he was 17, 18 years old, uh, got arrested and tackled in public for public intoxication because he was talking back to the police and then wouldn't leave. And then when they went to try to arrest him, he ran away, got tackled. Earlier this football season, uh, I can't remember what school they were playing at. They were playing at another school. Uh, University of Oklahoma won the game. He saw fit to take a University of Oklahoma flag, run out to the middle of the field, and plant it in the middle of the field right into the logo for that particular school. Okay. Not cool. Not the worst thing. This past Saturday, they were playing at Kansas, at the University of Kansas. What happened was, and I'm not condoning this at all, uh, so for those of you not familiar with football, you go out and you do a little coin toss to see who's going to kick off the ball and whatever else. And they send out a few representatives from each team. They're called the captains. And one of them calls the coin toss. It's kind of ceremonial. It's a thing. You know, it's an honor to be named a captain of the football team. And so Baker Mayfield is one of the captains, goes out, uh, and there's usually a customary handshake with the captains of the opposite team before the game starts. Well, University of Kansas players refuse to shake hands with Baker Mayfield. I do not agree with that. I do not agree with that, regardless of what you think of him, uh, you know, as a person, you're playing in a game here, you're a college student, uh, have some class, you know, so I don't agree with that. However, what happened was, around the third quarter, University of Oklahoma was beating up on Kansas, beating up on him, Baker Mayfield's having a good game. He comes to the sideline after scoring a touchdown, and sees fit to look over to the Kansas sideline, takes off his helmet, starts grabbing his crotch, and yelling, F you to the Kansas sideline, except saying it, and we can see it mouthed on live television, grabbing his crotch. And what's going to happen is this kid's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Win the Heisman Trophy. 
by being an incredibly disrespectful, petulant child. So, Baker Mayfield, uh, grow up, grow up, and set a better example. I've always said athletes don't necessarily need to be role models. However, that is not the example you want to be setting. He should absolutely not win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I encourage those of you that are interested to kind of go read up on the requirements of the Heisman Trophy. It's not all about on-field performance. It's about character as well. If he wins the Heisman Trophy, I am absolutely 100% done. I don't have much respect left for the Heisman Trophy, but at that point, I will be 100% done with any respect for the Heisman Trophy if Baker Mayfield wins it. And you can quote me on that right now. It is going on the podcast. It is on air on Facebook Live, and it will be on YouTube by Friday at the absolute latest. You can quote me on that, and we will have zero respect for the Heisman Trophy here at Go Tell to Wall Podcast if something like that happens. We just have to wait and see. It's in November. All right, I got a little little special uh, Thanksgiving segment here. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, nothing groundbreaking or spectacular. But what I want to do, and I'd ask people to send their thankful stuff. I didn't get a lot of it. I think because we're on the short week this week. So I just I got a few of them, and I just, you know, we're, not, we're just not going to get into it. Uh, but I have a couple Thanksgiving stories. I do want to kick it off with my favorite foods. And I'm keeping it boring for you here. Uh, I'm a turkey freak. I absolutely love turkey. Uh, I am the kind of person that if someone's like, I'm making a turkey in April, I'm like, sweet. I'm there. I'm there. Because I I love turkey. I love fresh carved turkey. It is fantastic. Roasted turkey. Uh, And then what I do is, and my my mother used to give me a hard time as a child and as a teenager and as a college student. My wife gives me a hard time. Uh, My plate is essentially just a pile of mashed potatoes and turkey with gravy on top. And then I top that off with a Pillsbury Crescent Roll. And then maybe another two or three Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. Uh, and that's Thanksgiving to me. I usually throw a little corn on it. And I have a little vegetables too. Uh, but really, like, I could just, I could sit and just eat plateful after plateful of turkey and mashed potatoes with gravy. And here's the kicker. For those of you that aren't familiar with the open face sandwiches, what you do with the leftover turkey, and I'm a big fan of the leftover turkey, uh, my mother is bringing a 22-and-a-half-pound turkey uh, to dinner tomorrow for uh, for six-and-a-half people, the half being my daughter. She doesn't, she doesn't eat a lot. She's not a half person. She just doesn't eat a lot, so I'm saying half because 22-and-a-half pounds is a lot. Uh, and additionally, she will be making a turkey breast because you cannot get enough turkey. And we will have leftover turkey for a week or so. And my favorite thing to do is the open-faced turkey sandwich. But here's what you do, wall fans. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to let you know, let you in on my secret, which isn't actually a secret because I'm sure lots of people do it. But this is, I learned this from my father, and I still do it to this day. You take the leftover turkey. You get a couple slices of bread. Throw a little butter on the bread, especially if you've got homemade bread. That's even better. Homemade bread, even better. Throw a little butter on there. Okay? Then you throw a little layer of turkey down on there. Pile it up. As much as you want, really. Then you throw some French fries on top. Not mashed potatoes french fries if you have the means and you have a fryer cut up some potatoes yourself russet potatoes throw those fries in the fryer and then throw them on top of the turkey then on top and you throw a little bit of salt and pepper i like a lot of pepper i like a little you know if you're not a pepper person don't throw a ton of pepper on there throw a little salt and pepper and then throw a little gravy on the top and this open face sandwich you eat that bad boy with a knife and fork and i'm 100 percent positive on this i'm telling you right now literally Top five favorite meals of all time for me would be the leftover turkey open-faced sandwich. Let's try that one out if you haven't. I'm sure many of you have tried that. But that's what I do with the leftovers. Uh, and like I said, I'm a turkey freak. Turkey freak. Kevin, are you not at Guar? I thought Kevin. Kevin, I thought you were going to Guar tonight. I don't blame you for not. I'm too old to go to things like Guar. <laughs> uh, all right. And I do want to talk in the, in the Thanksgiving theme. I want to talk about kind of what's going on with Whole Foods right now. And what's happening is they have a little turkey promotion going on. As we all know, Amazon bought Whole Foods. And I think we've they've kind of opened up a can of worms here. Because when Amazon bought Whole Foods, they lowered some of the prices and everything else and it became it was kind of cool cuz Whole Foods was notoriously very expensive. Well, what they've also done is they're running promotions for Amazon Prime members. And what's happening is they're getting a little bit of backlash. Because you essentially have to have a membership to get these prices at Whole Foods. And Jeff Bezos, his reaction is, well, everyone should have Prime. I 
get it, Jeff. I, we got Prime in the house too. Just got a, I got a Christmas gift for my wife that came with, with Prime today. It's freaking November, but because I got Amazon and Prime, I just, just send me that thing now before before it's out of stock. It was literally one of these things that like I've been trying to buy it for a few different times. Out of stock, came in stock. You know, so I get it. We all love whole. We all love Amazon. But I think you are ostracizing some of your customers by doing this. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. And the reason this came up is because they're running a turkey promotion where you only get the discounted sale price on whole turkeys if you have a Prime membership. And the thing is, if you really, really need a turkey, you can get a 30-day free Prime trial and go get your turkey. The problem is that's going to do you no good next year because you've already used up your free trial and everything else. Chris, make sure you stay. Uh, do not go anywhere. Bridget, if Chris is running away, make sure he's on here in the next two minutes because I'm going to talk about what I'm extremely thankful for on its anniversary. But first, we'll talk about the idiot of the week. And this guy is an idiot. So, you know, lots of different ways to make turkeys. Deep frying the turkey became real popular years ago. And, uh, in fact, I have a friend uh, who, who did a grilled turkey a few years ago. We were in Big Bear a few years ago for, for Thanksgiving, and he did it on the grill like grilled the turkey, and it was a, it was a long process. It's very similar to uh, to being uh, to being in the oven, uh, but it's uh, but it's it's grilled, and it was very good. It was very good turkey. So there's all these different ways. Well, there's a guy. I can't even remember where. I'm not sure where this where this was, but uh, Alan Pan, not the smartest guy on the face of the earth. He thought it would be a good idea to cook his turkey from the inside out using molten aluminum. So this would be melted aluminum, melted metal. He poured a bunch of melted molten aluminum into the middle of his turkey and thought the turkey would cook on the way to his friend's house, like finish cooking from the inside out. Well, Alan, unfortunately for you, that did not work the way you had planned. In fact, it turned into basically a huge mess. It, the molten aluminum burned a hole in the bottom of the turkey and... Parts of the turkey were cooked, and parts of the turkey were completely raw. And in fact, this article that I had been reading said that basically all he got out of it uh, was the aluminum cast of the bird's neck. I don't know what you would do with that. Maybe a centerpiece for next year. That could be cool too. I don't know. So, wall fans, after I just said there's lots of ways to cook a turkey, molten aluminum? Mm -hmm. Not one of them. Not one of them. Don't attempt that. If you were thinking of attempting it, we have seen it debunked. It doesn't work. Just doesn't work. Please don't ruin turkeys. If, if you're really just looking to ruin a turkey, you can send it to me. As I said, I love turkey. I will eat it every day of the year. I might get tired after every day of the year, but you know. Um, and lastly, and most importantly, for the Thanksgiving section uh, would be, and actually, I'm taking that back. So I want to talk about a couple things I'm thankful for. As I said top of the show, I'm thankful for all of you wall fans. I am thankful for my family and my friends. Uh, I am also thankful because I'm thinking back to a year ago, uh, so a couple weeks after my daughter was born, we lived in a house that was literally half the size of the house that we're currently in. For those of you that have listened to the podcast from the very beginning, you know that I was in a very, very small room and had to set up my studio basically every week when we would record the podcast. So I'm thankful that I have a house where my daughter can crawl around. My daughter has room. I have a studio uh, and my family can come visit for a nice dinner on Thanksgiving, something I'm extremely thankful for, uh, in addition to all of you out there uh, and my health, obviously. I'm not going to get cliche on you here, but one thing I'm incredibly, incredibly thankful for, and Chris, I know you will agree with me on this, and I bring it up because tomorrow, Thanksgiving, will be the five-year anniversary of the greatest play in the history of the NFL, and that would be the butt fumble. That's right, wall fans, the butt fumble. I want you to look this up on YouTube, and in fact, I'm going to share a clip on the Facebook page probably right after the show. This is the absolute greatest play in the history of the NFL, and of course, it involved the New England Patriots picking up a fumble after somebody ran into his own player's butt and then running it back for a touchdown. That's right, the butt fumble. Look it up on YouTube, wall fans. Look it up. And I'll be celebrating that tomorrow because I'll tell you right now, uh, five years ago on Thanksgiving, and it's funny because this came up in my little Facebook uh, memories thing. Five years ago on Thanksgiving, Te University of Texas played during the day. The New England Patriots played that evening. And my father and I, the same, 
the Sanchise. <laughs> I forgot about that nickname, the Sanchise. <laughs> Butt fumble. Uh, but it was awesome because my father, who I'm a New England Patriots fan because of, uh, we were watching it live. And I will never forget sitting there. Watch- and I was actually getting ready to head out to a friend's house. And I was like, I got to watch Patriots game. And they started killing him. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go see my friends. Uh, from Jeffrey Jackson, I was actually going to see him and some other friends. Um, but we're watching it. Watched it happen live, and my father and I both looked at each other and went, "Did did did, did he just run into that guy's butt? Did he, like straight into the guy's butt?" And then they start replaying, and we're like, "He did! He ran into his butt, and then he lost the ball, and then we picked it up and got it." It was <laughs> just unbelievably fantastic. Uh, so today, I am also very thankful for the butt fumble five years later, and we'll be talking about it five years from now, uh, Chris. Uh, he will never, that's what's funny. He will never live that down ever. Uh, the quarterback that, that ran into the guy's butt and fumbled it, he will never live it down because like it's just your own player. Like, and it, look it up on YouTube wall fans, look it up on YouTube. Uh, it is, it is, it is comical. It is insanely comical. Um, all right, we're running short on time and we're off the rails, but I do, you know, and we're going to talk about this more. Uh, but I, I do want to just touch on this a little bit. Gosh, we got a couple of them. I'm going to save those two because those are important. What's happened here, I pushed all the common sense stuff to the back of the episode, uh, and we still got to talk about this. But I do want to talk about one thing, and that would be the great Andy Richter, uh, who might also be my other favorite actor right now. Uh, and that would be because of his reaction to a Twitter post. I've talked about this before on the podcast because I've been faced with this personally. Uh, And I will tell you right now, the worst thing to say to anyone with a mental illness, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever it is, the worst possible thing you can say, and this is 100% the worst possible thing you can say, is you have a choice. That is 100% the worst possible thing you can say. Because maybe... There are plenty of people out there that are ignorant and don't understand that it's not a choice. But for those of us that suffer from a mental illness, understand that it very, 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 very much is not a choice. In fact, I wish it was a choice. I wish there was a switch that I could just click. Oh, my anxiety's gone. My OCD's gone. Oh, that's amazing. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Well, Andy Richter, who suffers from depression, called out someone who posted on Twitter saying depression is a choice. So I'm now a huge Andy Richter fan and went off on it. And I encourage all of you out there, especially if you want a better understanding of mental illness and and the importance of mental health and everything else, is to look this up. Follow Andy Richter. And that will give you a little bit of insight into my world, more than even more than the insight that I give you on this podcast. That will give you that little bit of insight. And the most irritating thing is I clicked on the profile of the person that had posted this and I realized this, it was some woman. I'm not even, I don't even remember her Twitter handle or anything of some woman. And I looked through all her stuff and it's all about how God, God, finger quotes, wall fans, God can help you through your depression. And it is a choice. And if you choose to love God, that will help your depression. Well, wall fans, well, ignorant bitch on Twitter, you know what? God doesn't give a shit. He does not. And I'm going to tell you why. I've suffered from mental illness my entire life. My entire life. I grew up Catholic. I taught religious education to teenagers at my church. I was an altar server. Altar server. On the altar. Holding the book. For the pastor at my parish. I was that respected as an altar boy. I would I was one of the few that was allowed to hold the book. Sang in the youth choir. Spoke at retreats. And helped run retreats. Well, you know what? I did that for a long time. My depression didn't go away. My anxiety didn't go away. My obsessive compulsive disorder didn't go away. So you know what? Get your God the hell out of here. I don't want to hear it. That's fine. Love God and pray and everything else. I don't think there's any pro- there's there's anything wrong with that. I fully respect that. Don't tell me that God's going to fix my fucking head. 
Don't ever tell me something like that. And don't spew stuff like that on social media. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about triggers? Ignorance like that is a trigger for many, many, many people with mental illness. And wall fans, as you know, we are huge proponents of mental health and awareness for mental illness. So we're going to continue to rail against these things. And I know I've gotten a little ranty, and this is what happens when we talk about mental illness, and I've had too many beers. It happens. But I take it personally. I really do. And I encourage all of you, if you want a better understanding, follow Andy Richter. Follow Andy Richter, because I'm not going to get through his entire thread, but he really lays it out really better than I really do on this show. Because what happens is I start ranting, and then my mouth moves quicker than my brain. That's what happens. You know, it just, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, All right, I got one more thing, and I'm only bringing this up. Uh, This is a story that actually came out of Houston. Uh, And what happened was there was a few, uh, one woman had this happen to her like twice, uh, where she was driving down the road, and, 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 a guy pulled up to her and, and next to her and said, you have a flat tire. Pull over. Let me fix this for you. And it happened to this woman twice. And so she posted on Twitter or one of the social platforms a warning to other women in the Houston area not to do that. And another few women came forward and said, oh, my gosh, this has happened to me, too. So what's happening is you have dr- drivers in other cars. And it could be a man or a woman. This just this happened to be men that, that the women were talking about. It could be a man or a woman uh, saying there's a problem with your car. Pull over. Let me help you fix it. And then they're looking to rob you, assault you, whatever else it might be. So I bring this up for two reasons. I bring this up as a warning because this problem most likely isn't just happening in Houston. You know, this is probably happening elsewhere. Uh, so be careful out there, especially women. And I don't mean that in a sexist way. What I mean is men are, men are much creepier than women in my experience. You're probably going to find more men driving around doing stupid stuff like this, you know, as opposed to more men than women. Um, but you know, it got me thinking because it's really a shame and it's really sad, you know, and here I am, I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to pull up a Bible story, the good Samaritan. We've all heard this, the good Samaritan who helps someone on the side of the road. These just don't exist anymore because people like these guys in Houston have found a way around that. Who can you trust anymore? I'm going to tell you when I was a teenager, that happened to me once. I had a flat tire and it had just gone flat and someone pulled up next to me and said, Hey, you have a flat tire. I said, Oh my God, thank you. And as I, as I started to pull over the side, I could feel the flat tire. Oh my God, thank you. You know, I was actually about to get on the freeway and they saved me from getting on the freeway. But can you trust that anymore? Can you? It's such a shame that we live in a society like this. Uh, and really I'm spoiled and Bridget and Chris are on here too. Uh, and you, you kind of have to flip not a mental illness switch, but flip a switch because I'm spoiled because when you go to the burn, when you go to Burning Man, this, that is the society that you live in. Now, there are creeps out there. Stuff happens out there. But for the most part, that is the kind of society they're building out there where you're helping each other. And unfortunately, we just can't live in that kind of society in the default world anymore. Anymore. Uh, but I will tell you, Wall fans, those of you that listen to the podcast and watch and everything else, uh, if if I see you, with, if I see someone driving down with a flat tire, I'm gonna take my chance. I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna offer you help. So if you see my face and my big ass beard poking out a window and saying, "Oh my gosh, you have a flat tire," uh, you can 100% trust me. That sounds so creepy, doesn't it? Uh, but but what I want to do is, this is where also where we need a revolution. Net neutrality and all these other things are important too. But we just we all need to be better for each other. We really do. Be better to each other. Be better for each other. Be better for our families. Be better for our friends. Be better for the future. And that's what we need to work to build. And as much as I rant and rave and talk about all these negative things on the podcast, really that's what the podcast comes down to, is positivity. We rant about these things because common sense says that's not a positive thing. You know, we give good on to everyone else that's doing great positive things. It's just what we do. And so on that note, Wall fans, we are going to call it an episode. That's right. This has been episode 37, 37 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. As always, and especially on this Thanksgiving week, thank you all for joining. Remember, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall or on Twitter at tell the wall pod and at magic muppet. Uh, also search on YouTube. You can find all the awesome videos. More Go Tell It to the Baby videos will be coming soon. Uh, and of course, you can find links to all of those things 
bios, pictures, videos, everything else on SeanO'RourkeLive.com. So check that out as well. Uh, as always, hap- as always, thank you for joining. But of course, this week especially, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. Don't drink too much. Uh, but eat a lot and drink a lot. Just not too, too much. Just not too, too much. Not to the point where you're going to pass out. I'll probably be passed out on the couch tomorrow uh, after eating too much turkey with a football game on in the background because that's just kind of what happens in my ha- in, in our house. And my father will probably be passed out on the couch next to me. Uh, so that's what I have to look forward to on Thanksgiving. Um, but enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't buy into consumerism on Friday. They're going to have those same kind of prices other times in the year. You don't need a TV for Christmas. Get over it. You know, there it just it, but if you need to do it, do it. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. Uh, and that would be it. That's it. I am, as always, the one and only Sean O'Rourke coming at you with Go Tell to the Wall podcast, episode 37. As always, with passion. We have a lot of passion on this show. So much passion. I just can't contain it. I'm just kidding. It's a little less passion when we've had too much beer. Uh, but most importantly, wall fans, remember. No matter what you do, no matter who you meet, no matter why you do it, no matter where you go, always, always, always use common sense.